0: This is Wealth Curve Talk with John L. Smallwood, Certified Financial Planner and President of Smallwood Wealth Management. With more than 30 years of experience in helping people with wealth management, financial planning, business ownership, estate planning, insurance, and more, John's here to share the news you can use to improve your financial confidence. Now, best-selling author and six-time five-star Wealth Manager Award winner, John L. Smallwood hope everybody is well, and welcome to today's episode of Wealth Curve Talk. In the theme of what I've been ranting about and talking about over the last couple of weeks has either been inflation or it's been tax proposals. And continuing on that same conversation, I think it's really important that we really start to think about what would be the impact on increased taxes, what would be the impact on increased social security? What would be the impact on inflation on our bottom line, right? So, and this is something that is different for people that are working versus people that are retired, depending on how they're taking their income, it's going to have different impacts. So the tax side of this equation, which is where I want to spend most of the time today is probably one of the most important conversations that you can have when you're building wealth, when you're growing wealth, when you're taking income from your wealth, and the tax impact is going to be the biggest threat. It's going to be the biggest takeaway of wealth as you move forward. The focus is usually on you know, reducing fees and reducing other things, and those are important. It's the tax bite that is going to be the biggest impact in your wealth over your lifetime. And something that's really interesting is you have to think about the perspective of, you know, you have qualified retirement plans. You have Roth IRAs, you have Roth conversions, you have 401ks and regular IRAs. You have annuities that have deferred elements into them so they can either be IRA or non-IRA. You know, there's specific tax treatment there. There's assets that are taxable, such as brokerage accounts, individual brokerage accounts, joint accounts, things that are generating current income from dividends and interest and realized capital gains long and short term versus. So there's a lot of different moving parts when you're thinking about taxation. And each one of them is going to be impacted in a different way, depending upon the unique mix or nature of the way you have your capital spread out. So one of the things I want you to think about is for a second is if I have a million dollars right now in a qualified retirement plan and I am not taking distributions or I could be taking but let's just say for a second that you're not and let's just say that my income currently is around 400,000 or you know right in that zone under the current tax law I'm in about a 31% tax bracket at that point in time plus whatever state level that you're in. That's where your last dollars or your marginal tax dollars are being taxed. And when you think about this on your balance sheet, if I have a million dollars in qualified plan, most people are saying, well, my net worth is a million dollars, right? And the reality of that is, in order for you to have access to that money, the income tax would need to be paid, right? So if my effective bracket currently is 31%, I at least have a 31% tax liability for the federal side. But if I liquidated the entire account this year, actually, that would throw me into the 37% tax bracket. So my effective bracket would be in a neighborhood of about 37% on that, plus the state tax, plus the Medicare tax that would come out of there, that net investment tax. So when you think about it, if the bracket raises, if it increases and we hit the 39.6 at that 31% level, and just this is very raw from a conversation, is that all the dollars that I've been deferring for all of tax time, for my current tax time, are now going to be subject to the new higher current bracket. So money that I put away last year in the retirement plan where I deferred, at 35 or 31% a f- potentially could come out of 39.6. So this is where you need to look at where you are. So this million dollars, let's say it had a $310,000 tax liability potential, but now I'm in a 39.6% bracket. That money now has a $390,000 bottom line, right? So this tax, is really going to apply to the entire balance where other assets such as taxable accounts where dividends and capital gains that I've reinvested have built my basis not to be taxed again, right? Because you have a basis in a qualified plan, unless you were making non-deductible contributions, you don't have a basis in that plan. It's all subject to whatever tax that's coming out. As you think about the impact of taxation in retirement, if I'm retired and I'm pulling out, let's say, $50,000 a year from that million dollar account and I have Social Security, maybe I have a pension, maybe I have some interest and dividends and capital gains on the portfolio, and that's bringing me up to a certain level, maybe there's some rental income, but it's bringing me up to a certain level of income, and now I put that $50,000 withdrawal from the IRA that effective bracket could be coming in at 22, 23, 24%. And now all of a sudden they raise those brackets, right? So that $50,000 is basically now subject to maybe a 31% bracket as opposed to a 21% bracket. That impacts my bottom line. That means I have less money to spend. And the expectation is if taxes go up, that's gonna put two pressures on me. One is, less money to spend. The other pressure is I may have to increase the withdrawal amount from the account because of the expenditures that I have going on in the background, right? So the impact of that, we don't know how bad it's gonna be, and if inflation is kicking up at this moment, and you know if I needed $50,000 a year to maintain my lifestyle net after-tax income, and inflation is 5%, just to simply have the same purchasing power, I need to have over, you know, 5% more, which would be $53,000 just to have the same purchasing power. So what's happening is there's a lot of proposals that are coming out that in this Build Back Better Act for tax purposes, depending upon what gets passed and how it gets passed, the bottom line is there's going to be increased pressure on the wealth and the increased pressure on the money that I've already saved. Now, if you think about this for a second, is let's say that I have an individual who has money sitting in a portfolio, taxable portfolio that's compounding that wealth, right? And one of the things that we talk about is as you compound interest, that's, you know, people call it the, you know, the miracle of compound interest that as I'm growing that wealth, the account's getting bigger and bigger and bigger, but what's not being factored into that conversation frequently is what we call compound taxation, right? So as the wealth grows, that compounding effect is gonna get bigger and bigger every single year. So let's say you're working, you got this $100,000, that's making 5% taxable. Where that is, I have no idea, but let's just assume for a second that it's making 5% taxable. And that's $5,000 worth of interest that goes on your tax return. If you're in the 31% tax bracket, that is, let's just call it 30% tax bracket. That is giving you, you're paying $1,500 in tax on that. Now, the question is, are you withdrawing it from the account or are you taking it from other sources like earned income, right? Am I getting less back from my earned income from what I withdrew? So, When you think about that, the 100 that went to 105 created a tax liability where I had to take 1500 either from the account or somewhere else to cover the tax plus whatever the state level tax was. So now instead of having 105 compounding, technically, you have 103, 500 compounding. And over time, the amount of wealth lost in that compound taxation is it's significantly eroding your future potential of compounding now tax bracket goes to 40 percent rounding up to 39.6 now that's two thousand dollars that puts a significant impact so when we start to what i'm attempting to do here is that we talk about a couple of things that we're always constantly trying to do which is to not only reduce taxes in this calendar year but to develop strategies that are reducing the future tax issues. Right. So I don't want to defer to a future where I don't know where the tax brackets are. I don't really want to pay taxes today as much as I can. I want to reduce that as much as I can. And I want to develop strategies that are going to help reduce that tax when these tax laws take place. Because we know this. I've been doing this for 30 plus years and the tax laws change frequently. The inheritance tax laws have changed frequently there's been a tremendous amount of changes that have already occurred in the 30 years over the next 30 years as we look at into retirement the amount of changes that are going to come at us are going to be substantial and just from the tax law changes alone not to mention the technological changes and the planned obsolescence and all the other things that are coming out of this but the thing that that I really want you to stop and think about is if I don't have a good handle on what what I'm paying taxes on, what's generating the taxable income issues or drains in my current plan, how do I prepare for next year? How do I understand what things might look good that don't look good in this environment, but look good next year, such as maybe mortgage interest? Because you might be taking the standard deduction where you were itemizing your deductions and. In the new tax law, you might restore back to itemized deductions. The SALT tax $10,000 cap might be lifted, might not be lifted. Qualified business income may be reduced dramatically or wiped out. There's a lot of things that we need to understand, right? So the key is, in every financial strategy, one of the things that we wanna make sure in the plan is, what is the current tax picture like in your strategy? what's generating the tax and if I continue on the same track, what does it look like next year and the year after and the year after and the year after and is there something that I can do today to move money strategically to reduce taxes, to reduce the risk, potentially reduce the fees and costs, increase the savings rate. If I can increase the protection around that wealth and therefore have more money compounding and growing because there's less drains on that. And that's really the focus that I'm trying to get to is it's not a product. It's a strategy that combines multiple products together to get that kind of effect. It's there's no miracle product. Put all your money in this and that's going to save your that's going to save your financial plan. The reality is it takes multiple products and multiple things designed to achieve this. So as you think about what's going on as far as the taxes, one of the most important things that you could be doing is making sure that in this calendar year, you have maximized every tax benefit that you have and you've minimized the impact of anything that's going on in your plan for this calendar year, if you can, before the end of the year. And we basically have, I don't know, 72, 73 days left in the end of the year before, you know, before we can't get anything done. Go on our website if you are new to Smallwood Wealth. There's the ability to do what we call a, a wealth curve introductory call, which you make an appointment online. You have a 30, 40 minute, no obligation, free conversation with one of our advisors. Or if you're an existing client and you wanna make sure that you really understand where your issues are, you can schedule a catch up call and get on with you know one of the advisors and make sure that you're on the right track to take advantage of those things. I also really think it's important that we stay clear each and every year on where are the expenses in the plan and what can I change with them? Because certain things if like tax rates go up and I don't have a good strategy as far as where I get my income from. I'm subject to those changes, right? I have no, let's say, tax diversification, which becomes a super important strategy. So look forward to hearing from you. Look forward to your questions. As always, we've been getting some really interesting comments back on the podcast about ideas as far as what we should be doing and people that we might wanna talk to. But ultimately, If you have an idea, you can send a message through to us and, hey, we'd like more information on taxes. we like more information on inflation. we like more information on investing and tax reduction strategies. Whatever it is, we're here for that. So I appreciate your time today. Thank you for listening. If you haven't, go on your favorite streaming service and subscribe to what we do. And on the website, you can also sign up for our newsletter, which comes out periodically and also get some updates on what we're doing as far as webinars and other things that we do on a constant basis. to Keep everybody up to speed. Have a great day. Thank you. It's your wealth. Keep it the best-selling book by John L. Smallwood, the definitive guide to growing, protecting, enjoying and passing on your wealth. Find it on Amazon now or go to smallwoodwealth.com for more retirement resources.
1: Talk with John L. Smallwood is brought to you by Smallwood Wealth Management, an investment advisor representative. Strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone and the information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action as information and or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Smallwood Wealth Management provides content that is true and accurate as of the date of publishing. However, we give no assurance or warranty regarding the accuracy, timeliness, or applicability of any of the contents. We assume no responsibility for information contained on this website or podcast and disclaim all liability in respect of such information, including, but not limited to any liability for errors, inaccuracies, omissions, misleading or defamatory statements.